Everybody be cool, this is the Movie Men. Not exactly the most wanted men in the West, but a couple of outlaws nonetheless, or is that outcasts? I'm Callum O'Toole, either way, and I'm joined as ever by Johnny Smith of the latest Picture Show blog. You feeling good, Johnny? I'm feeling pretty good. Ready to audibly rob the listeners of their joy? Yep, got my six-shooter in my pocket. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Well, Johnny, a man who has also been no stranger to the law is a gentleman in Essex who was recently caught driving a DeLorean at 88 miles per hour, which, as anyone who's anyone knows, is the speed that Marty needed to drive his in Back to the Future to achieve time travel. The man in question, though, Nigel Mills, has denied that he was at- indeed attempting to travel through time. But what I want to know from you is, if you could indulge a childhood fantasy from any film, what would it be? And keep it clean. Yeah, I mean, uh, keeping it clean is probably the, uh, the main emphasis on this This is one. a family show. So I've gone, I've kept it clean. I've thought long and hard about it. As a kid, I used to have a lot of action figures. Yeah. You know, a lot of action. Well, we found out last week when you said uh, 14 when you were dressing up action men. Of course. You you can never have too many action So when you say kid, you mean teenager. When a kid, I mean 23. (laughs) But uh, going back to the great toy world, I was thinking of a film that I used to love as a kid was was Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers? (laughs) Small Small Soldiers. (laughs) Yes. Which was, I was sort of obsessed with as a kid and thought it was the best thing ever. Got all the action figures of the Gorgonites and the Commando Elite. Mm-hmm. And in the film, they all come to life and have a big battle and, and the kid has to sort of help the Gorgonites escape the Commando Elite. So that'd be quite cool if they actually did come to life. Then. So you, you'd be fighting on the Gorgonite side? I'd, I've not seen it, so I don't know who's... I think so. I mean, the, the Commando Elite are much cooler because they've got, you know, plastic guns and they've got Tommy Lee Jones as their leader. And what so. do the Gorgonites have? They're sort of like weird alien sort of creature things. They don't have guns. They have like bow and arrows. Pretty rubbish. It's basically soldiers. a bit like cowboys and Indians, but on a really weird toy level. It's the story about how the white man conquered America ruthlessly. It is a bit. That's what it could be. Maybe I should watch Small Soldiers Back and links a revisionist our... review of it. Is it, could, it? it could have been our archive film. It links in really well with our movie tonight. Not giving away anything so, uh, just yet, but so um, yeah, maybe that. Maybe, maybe bring it back to that, but probably without the sort of a you know, racial cultural tensions of the Native Americans. I like Just it. as an action piece of a bit of fun. <laughs> um, okay, well, let me take you back to a story, Johnny. A story that I don't need you take, need to take you back to because it's never-ending. The never-ending story, right? When Bastion is riding Falcor, the, uh, what's it called? He's a, he's a luck dragon. And I thought that looked really fun when Peter Griffin did it in Family Guy. Oh, yeah, and so that was the first thing that popped into my head. But as opposed to Peter, who rides it into the ground, and as opposed to Bastion, who rides it like a big loser, I was thinking you'd, you'd like just pimp it out, like pimp my ride, pimp my luck dragon. And you just sort of like, you like Snoop Dogg and Dre in the still DRE video, just like hydraulic in Hydraulics your luck on dragon, your dragon. On your luck dragon, jumping it around, yeah. I think that would work. So that'd be, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go for something. I, I thought you might be, uh, you know, like the lightsaber kid. Mm, I think he tarnished that one. Yeah. Forever ruined the fantasies of Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, that really started off with the whole people doing really embarrassing stuff on YouTube. That was one of the... Yes. First things that really people went, God, look at this loser. (laughs) And, you know, the internet hasn't looked back since that day. Everybody get on the ground! Y'all been here for a while? Long enough to watch the bank getting robbed. has been robbing me for 30 years. How do you manage to stay out of prison for a year? It's been difficult. Don't stand up! Well, this week, we are going to be reviewing for your listening pleasure, Hell or High Water. That's our new film this week, and it stars Chris Pine and Ben Foster, who play a pair of 
brothers who are robbing banks in some incredibly bleak looking towns in post-recession Texas. Uh, and that's before Jeff Bridges gets on the trail. He plays a grizzled old ranger, which I'm sure you've seen him play before in something or other, uh, who's just days away from retirement. Uh, and he ends up on the trail along with his partner, who's a half Native American, half Mexican fella called Alberto. Um, so well, there's quite a few cliches I've mentioned in there, actually, Johnny, isn't there? <laughs> to sound like I've heard it before. Yeah, somewhere. this film does actually have quite a lot of cliches in it, but somehow it's not an overall cliched film, is it? It's... No, it feels it feels kind of new. It's, it's quite refreshing. But it does hark back to the uh, the westerns of the 60s and 70s, doesn't it? A lot of people have praised it for being quite old school in that approach. So how does it compare to those... How does it resemble those films of the 60s and 70s? I think 70s? it's... You know, I think all those, a lot of those films are the sort of 60s, 70s, sort of American films, when you look at, like, Midnight Cowboy and Taxi Driver and mm. stuff, and all, you know, not necessarily westerns. They're all sort of about, you know, men, and they're sort of struggling men. for their place, and there's sort of a real manly <laughs> feel about them. Kind of um, film that's shot on a beer and then smashed the can on their head. Yeah, that sort of thing. These are like, you know, proper men with guns. You see the testosterone action. oozing out of the side of the screen as you're watching They're it. just firing pistols of testosterone at each other, basically. <laughs> kind of like Sausage Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just got a feel of an older sort of film. The way it sort of fits together, it's not like action-packed. Mm. Um, it's sort of quite low-key, but, you know, good quality characters in it, and it's sort of well-built, and it sort of has that tinge of, of an old sort of... 70s film to it a bit gritty and lots of looking as acting you know yeah and, and I'm not putting it down because I think the man who's responsible for most of it is Chris Pine I think he's very good in the film there's an awful lot of looking from him an awful lot of looking from Jeff Bridges and that, that's what a lot of it's based on so you know Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine are the two big names in the film uh, but how does Ben Foster fare alongside them because I you know ashamedly a few weeks ago admitted I hadn't heard of him now I very much have heard of him how does he compare to those two? You know, I think. I mean, he's probably the standout performer. Do you think so? In a sense, because his character has probably got is more is the lively one. He's the sort of mm, yeah, you know, loose cannon brother compared to Chris Pine, who's quite straight. Yeah. Um. So he's he, you know he's sort of as a lot of the humour and, and entertainment comes from him. So that you know the spotlight sort of shines on him. Yeah. Naturally, and he does a good performance. Ben Foster is, is you know this sort of haphazard brother who's willing to take a bit of a risk at every turn. Yeah, he's a maverick. He's he, not he, afraid to break the law. He ain't got no rules. No rules at all. That, yeah, that, that's a fair point. I mean, Chris Pine, as I said, he does a lot of, you know, looking as if he's mulling over a return to combat. That's most of the film, is him, him yeah. doing that. But I, I think he's very good at it, actually. He's, he's a really tortured soul. Uh, former movie man Harry Anton said to me, um, he, he just looks like a tortured dog the whole way through the film. And that's about fair. He's a lot more grizzled, because he's quite clean-cut in a lot of things. Mm. And he always looks very pristine. In this, he's got a bit of a... A lot of stubble, a bit of a moustache, yeah. a bit sweaty. Come of age a little bit, a bit sweaty, yeah. It always helps to make you look a bit rougher, yeah. a bit That's... of sweat, a bit of dirt thrown on you. And then we've got Jeff Bridges, who is, uh, you know, he plays the plays the ranger, the grizzled old ranger. Does his true grit yeah. routine. Yeah. 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 You go, didn't understand any of that. Yeah, slash um, Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men. Yeah. The, those guys now just play old grizzled men because that's what they are I mean Jeff Bridges yeah. looks terrible in it he really does have a, a real grizzled look to him in this so he's got belly now as well yeah he's got a real gut in that yeah a belly you could balance a beer on which I, I think he does at some stage probably with his hat balances his hat on his, on his boot which is a good little <laughs> trick yeah yeah 
I mean, we, I don't think we've even touched much on the plot so far. But you know, the, the no. story is yeah, they they are they're Robin Banks, they're brothers, they're Robin Banks, and the the, the tale behind it really. I don't think we're giving too much away. Is that essentially the the banks are sort of foreclosing on their mother's house, and so it's yep. it's kind of a, a the Robin Hood style kind of tale, isn't it? Really, you know, the, the big bad corporation that's stealing their money and they're trying to steal the money back, kind of thing. But you know, what does this film sort of tell us about modern day America? I mean, I you know mentioned the bleak Texas post recession. Yeah, landscapes. there's a lot of sort of you know panning shots of the scenery and you know it's like desolate petrol stations and there's the sign you know make money quick sort yeah. of on the side of the motorway so there's definitely sort of this you know critique of america has gone to pot a bit and you know like a lot of the characters in it even the police and jeff bridges aren't particularly sympathetic to the banks no you know when he jeff bridges goes to one of the banks to talk to the witnesses he calls the bank manager that looks like a guy who could foreclose your house yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah it's definitely sort of you know got a bit of a stinging yeah. sort of view of, of banks and sort of the capitalist way of America. Right, Johnny, so let's dish this out, a score out of ten. What what, what do you reckon? I'm going to say... I'm going to give it eight and a half. Eight and a half? It's good, good quality drama, you know, good action. But not an action film, but, you know, good characters, good topic, yeah. well made, put together, good stuff. Yeah, I don't think the film's doing an enormous amount new, particularly in the relationship between the two brothers, which is just fairly straightforward for one of these kind of films but I think halfway through it I would have been looking at a seven but then the end scene is sensational and all the stuff building up to it is really good and that's that second half and so the second half for me is a nine which should even out at an eight but I think because the, they got it the right way around the second half being awesome I'll, I'll go 8.5 as well it's just there's an atmosphere and, and mm. you know you really get into it you know you talk like we ain't gonna get away with this I've never met nobody got away with anything, ever. Why in the hell did you agree to do it? Because you asked, little brother. Mama, take this badge off of me. So it's time for Johnny to test my mental capacity here with a, a quiz. Last week, it, we did uh, R- R- Rogan or Reagan. Rogan or Reagan. Um, so I'm interested to see what we've got this week. What's, what have you got lined up for me, Well, Well, we haven't got to our second film of the day yet. We have not, no. But so is there spoilers? Is there spoilers? No spoilers. But our second film of the day has a as a a good central duo, yeah. classic central pairing. So the quiz this week is can you match the pairing of characters to the film that they're in? Oh okay. Well yeah, I, I hope so. Um <clears throat> the top five is also on duos as well, so oh, so we'll see if we've got some overlap. There, there there almost certainly will be. We are this is this we we prepare so well and so thoroughly that we don't even talk to each other beforehand. <laughs> so we both come with the same shit when we actually get to the podcast. So We wouldn't want it any other way though, would we? <laughs> well us I'm get getting zero out of ten. I think we learned that the first week. Should we commence battle? I think we should. Let's um let's lay down the gauntlet. I'll be the Gorgazoids, as you said in small Gorg- Gorg- Gorgonites. <laughs> the Gorgonites. The Orgazoid. The or- I'll be the Orgazoid. <laughs> you can be function. Jez. Actually, let's not do that. Let's go and break down the This isn't the childhood fantasy question. <laughs> <laughs> there is a flannel in the corner, though. But... <laughs> right. John, if you want a new pair of trainers, you know what you've got to do. <laughs> My brown shoes are getting a bit worn out. <laughs> let's shift this along. Right. So our first pairing is you've just got to name the film they're in. Start off nice and easy. Vince Vega and Jules Winfield. Oh, uh, they are in Pulp Fiction. 
They are, of course, in Pulp Fiction. John Travolta and Samuel Jackson as as the iconic duo. More on them later. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting them hooked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So number it's two, number two is uh, Detective Lee and Detective Carter. Detective Lee and Detective Carter. Ooh, that's good. Uh, I want to say seven. It's not. No, that's Somerset and. Mills. So I don't know why I said that because I know this is <laughs> Mills. Um, not not totally sure was it. They're an ethnically diverse pairing. That's <laughs> yeah. what I can give you. That give it to me. It is in fact Rush Hour. Oh right, okay. Of course, uh, Detective Lee is Jackie yeah. Chan. Yeah. And uh, Ted of Carter is uh, is don't tell me Chris Chris Tucker. No, Chris Tucker. Yeah. I always want to say Chris Rock, but. That probably says more about my own racial <laughs> stereotyping than anything else. <laughs> Number three is Nicholas Angel and Danny Butterman. Wow, wow. I've not even heard of either of them, so I'm going to go with... A lot of these, are, when you hear them, you go, oh, yeah, of course. But yeah. the, the characters, your names you don't always get. Uh, Butterman. Yep, which is sort of, um, sort of fits the character. Yeah, so... He's a butter man. <laughs> Not literally, <laughs> but metaphorically in some senses. A really bad superhero, butter man. Um, no, no, no. It is Hot Fuzz. Oh, is it? It is. Oh, I had no idea they had those no, names. That would have, that's, it's a tricky one. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, okay. So the Butterman, I thought... Do you like that film? Yeah. It's great, great comedy. Yeah, it's good. It's good, I think. So that's what their names are, if anyone was ever wondering. Because yeah. obviously they're just Simon Pegg and yeah, Nick Frost to everyone else. I'm pre- I, I actually pretty thought that they were actually called that in the... It's like Keith Chegwin in Extras. <laughs> just have to call him Keith. Good old Cheggers. Couldn't get it. Had to call him Simon and Nick. I actually saw a person today in my, my first university lecture who looks just like Simon Pegg. Oh, just like... I bet he gets it all the time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Nick Frost and I was going to say, was it Dom Jolly? It wasn't. <laughs> But we can get them in a room together and we'll have a knockoff. off Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. You do never see them in the same room together. Don Jolly and that guy in your lecture. <laughs> right, so number four. Johnny's gone back to school, by the way, in case anyone... Yeah, anyone I've, I've given up on the real world. And yeah. Doing a film, film master, so... It's like Van Wilder. I should be an expert in film this time <laughs> next October. And if I'm not, then it wasn't money well spent. I definitely won't be, so... That's that's why I present and let you do all the all the talking and all the answering, and that's why I'm on one out of three so far. <laughs> I have faith you're gonna you're gonna claw it back. Mm-hmm. So number four is Martin Riggs and Roger Murtar. I'm not sure I've spent I've pronounced the second one quite right. Maybe I need to start listening to e- characters. Eighties, eighties, quite a lot of hair. If that helps. Wayne's World. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ma- Martin Martin Rigsworld. <laughs> yeah. I thought it might be his middle name. Uh, I, I don't know that one either. You, you, I hope, you I'm mentioned the... it earlier. <laughs> that, if that's a clue, if you can remember several minutes ago. Um, what, oh, Lethal Weapon. It is Lethal is, Weapon. Is that their names? That's their names. See, Riggs now, now rings a bell. Yeah, Riggs rings a bell. The other one, Danny Glover. Danny Glover. It's just Danny Glover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny Glover and Nick Frost. <laughs> that was their new film. Uh, I'm really hoping the next one is Bill S. Preston S. from Esquire oh. and Theodore Logan. I'm going <laughs> to... 
I think you'll get the next one. Yeah. So the last one is no no surnames, just Jake and Elroy. Hmm. You're thinking in your head if you haven't got it now. <laughs> you're They're brothers. <laughs> Jake and Elroy. Hello, high water. <laughs> Sadly, not. <laughs> what is it? It is the Blues Brothers. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah, on a mission from God. They are on a mission from God, which yeah. involves every so, black singer going. So we've we've worked out that I don't listen to what any characters are called in film. To be honest, I actually don't. I don't know what the characters are called in Hello High Water now. I had to look up. They're called the Howard Brothers, but I can't remember <laughs> what their names are. Toby and Tom. Toby and Tom. <laughs> That's, that's the most made up. That is the most biggest stab in the dark I've ever heard. I'm sure one's called Toby. So we've seen all the films. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know any of their names. Just haven't taken in the names. That's really bad. And and God knows the names of the characters in the next film. I mean, I don't even know what Jeff Bridges' character was called. Uh, Ranger. No, I don't know what it's called either. Ranger Jeff. <laughs> We, I've watched this film like three days ago. I don't know what any of their names are. That's so funny. Alberto's the only one yeah. that we've named. Alberto's the only one that, that sticks out. But you remember Vincent Vega and Jules? I, I didn't remember his last name, though. No, Vincent, I, Vega, I, Vince and Vega and I couldn't remember what his other one was. Yeah, Vincent Vega and Jules. Um, because Uma Thurman says Vincent Vega very much when she does the, the dance yeah. scene. So that one's quite obvious. And Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus. He gets name, name dropped a lot in that film. Marcellus Wallace. Gonna get some crazy cats. Go medieval on your ass. It's one of the best lines in any film ever. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? That'll be the quiz next week. <laughs> Describe Marcellus Wallace. <laughs> All right, I'll jump first. No, nope. then you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? I can't swim. <laughs> Why are you crazy? The fall will probably kill you. So I hope I can remember the names of the central characters in this film because our archive film tonight is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid from 1969. And I didn't know this actually when I was researching, but loosely based on a true story. Uh, And it stars Paul Newman and Robert Redford, a couple of dashing, handsome fellas, uh, as the eponymous lovable rogues who are on the run from US authorities after committing a series of bank robberies. So obviously very similar, that's how it ties in to our uh, new film, Hello High Water, this week. They obviously have a good on-screen chemistry in this film, Johnny. Is that the thing that really knits it together? It probably is, really. I think the, you know, huge stars of the time, and I think the pairing the biggest, of those together... The biggest. You yeah. know, is a charisma overload yeah. of those two. So I, the film itself, not too much happened. It's not too action-packed, too dramatic. It's quite a light-hearted affair. Much like... So it really how I bought it without the light of this but yeah it really centres on those two sort of the interaction between them which is pretty good to be fair yeah you know Butch Cassidy as is, is Paul Newman is the sort of clever intelligent one who's a bit witty and Robert Redford's the sort of more silent but action yeah sort of character and they go together really well and they sort of maybe set the formula for all those buddy buddy cop films um, so would you consider this a traditional western or or is it sort of similar to Hello High Water in the fact it's not quite, you know, it's not Clint Eastwood rolling around town shooting me- yeah, Mexicans? Yeah, I mean, it sort of depends what your definition of a Western is, really. Racistly shooting Mexicans. I mean, if Clint Eastwood is the sort of classic Western character. Yeah. You know, the good, the bad and the ugly is the ultimate sort of Western. Sergio Leone. 
you know, lots of steely gazes and, and big orchestral scores when yeah. they have a shootout. So lots, this- lots, of, lots of racism towards Mexicans and Native Americans. There is a hilarious YouTube, well, it's hilarious or incredibly tragic YouTube video of all these racist moments in Clint Eastwood films where he's referring to Mexican people with just various derogatory terms. Yeah, he's That's got worth his- checking out. <laughs> That's definitely gone. Clint Eastwood has lots of good videos on YouTube of him. Yeah. His best insults in films is a good fifteen minutes as well. So I mean, with with Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid, there's less of that. Yeah, and it's probably not tradition. You know, there's Western elements in there, but it's not as traditional as, as sort of maybe as we say in the Sergio Leone ones. Clint but it's Eastwood a, wearing a poncho. But it's sort of about these two outlaws who are maybe living in the wrong time, and that sort of you know civilization is catching up with them in there sort of not willing to adapt, so they're sort of being chased out of the world. You know, you can't go around robbing trains and banks anymore. That's not sort of, anymore. It's a bit archaic, so they're sort of cowboys in the, on their last legs. Yeah. It's no John Wayne riding around while his horse sags no. under his weight. No, there's none of, none of John Wayne, who everything he says sounds like a question. Yeah. We're going to ride over here. John, what's his middle name? He's got, like, Marigold or something. His, middle he, name his is real like, name is... Is, is that his Morris, real name? Morris. Maureen, it's like Maureen. I think it's Maureen it's, Wayne. It's Maureen <laughs> Morris, or it's a it's an old woman's name. It's an old yeah, he's an old woman. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we I suppose we've kind of touched on already then. So the, the, how did the classic outlaws then resemble the modern outlaws in these two films? I think you you sort of look at it is that sort of idea that in Hell High Water, Jeff Bridges is, you know, he's going into retirement and it's sort of time to move beyond him and it's sort of... One last, yeah, one last you know, job. he's sort of a bit more intuitive and then they're all sort of forensics and he's like, I've got gut instinct. And <laughs> yeah. Wants to go on a shootout, really. Yeah. So I think him and, and Chris Pine and Ben Foster, they're sort of, they're very much like throwbacks to the old sort of outlaws who don't really fit in the modern world. Yeah. So I think in that sense, the, the two films, there's a lot of similarities. These characters don't fit in. Mm-hmm. Civilized modern society, but sort of are going to go out in a blaze of glory anyway because yeah. that's all they know that they can do. So, which one's better? What's your rating for this? I think there's a lot of strange bits in Butch Cassidy, so like the bit with Paul Newman and the and the bike and raindrops keep falling on my head. It's really weird when you watch it. It just doesn't really fit in anywhere. <laughs> but it's you know you've got like. That tradition of back in those days of like musical westerns, like Paint Your Wagon. Yeah. There was just some strange stuff going there's on some, in westerns in those I days. I mean, there's a lot of montages with some jolly music over the top. and So it's a bit weird and disjointed in hindsight. But because you've got Paul Newman and, and Robert Redford, it's great fun and the script's really nicely put together. So I say an 8.5 as well. 8.5 as well. It's probably slightly more memorable, you yeah. know, and iconic, but there's a few strange bits in there. I think if you put Robert Redford and Paul Newman together in a film, you can't fail. If you put them together in a room and film it, well, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, as long as I kept it above the belt. Yeah. Yeah. No orgazoid. So, you know, it's, it's one of the all-time classic films. There is unusual elements to it, granted, but you can't go too far wrong. And I think that the iconic nature of the sort of closing scene of the film and the way they still, even up to that end scene, are very light-hearted and jovial and the way they talk yeah. to each other and cracking jokes and stuff like that really just hammers home how much these guys the central relationship carries this film in a way that maybe Hell or High Water doesn't really I think maybe the story and the, and the atmosphere and, and the surroundings carry Hell or High Water whereas this one's really carried by the central relationship between the two characters so 
Yep, let's go 8.5 as well. Although, you know, for for film purists, it, you'd probably put it slightly above Hell or High Water. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you look at Butch Cassidy, it's almost like a, a romance love story yeah. about these two blokes who just really like each other and, you know, love robbing banks, even yeah. though they probably don't need the money. But they haven't got all Top Gun on the homoeroticness no. of it. There's still, the, that's still, there's still the nature that they are mates rather than lovers. Yeah. There's no, it doesn't go broke by mountain. <laughs> no. A whole different Western territory. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a bank like any other bank. Gotta move in slowly, check out everything. The thing to remember when Don't we tell me to... how to rob a bank. I know how to rob a bank. Boy, a few dark clouds appear on your horizon, you just go all to pieces, don't you? So it is time now for Three Fast, Three Furious with Johnny Smith. Uh, so this is the part of the show, if you guys have never heard this podcast before, where Johnny... Rapid Fire reviews three trailers for films that are coming out soon, and then we decide which one sounds best. Normally, I don't listen to what he says. I just sort of get him to wrap it up at the end. But this time, I'm going to concentrate on what you say, Johnny, instead of just watching the clock, okay? So I've got 30 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Three, two, one. Knock yourself out. Christmas party. Jennifer Aniston and a collection of fairly unfunny people unite for Christmas's answer to The Hangover 3. Oh, what a festive treat it will be. Next. Supersonic. Documentary about the infamous Gallagher brothers and their band Oasis. Expect lots of sunshine. Parker's Wonder Walls from our kid Liam. Lovely stuff. Next. Deepwater Horizon. Mark Wahlberg and Kurt Russell star in an oil rig disaster epic. Expect explosion, explosive levels of patriotism in a towering inferno on the sea. Okay. All right then. So... Wow, what do you think of those films? I'm. <laughs> Let's start with a uh, Christmas party. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas office party. Christmas party looks like really the bad. Hangover, but <laughs> really bad. <laughs> stuff. A lot of shit. Up. It just looks incredibly shit. <laughs> yeah, it does look so bad. It looks re- It looks like a film that's been released at Christmas just to capitalise on the, mm. you know, the festive feel to to avoid. Yes, very much so. To avoid, do your Christmas shopping instead. Uh, what? was the second one was Supersonic Supersonic the Oasis documentary that comes out next month yeah and is it going to be up there with sort of control it, well it's it's because it's more of a documentary it's going to be right you know it, it's same producers who did Amy mm-hmm. which I thought was massively overrated mm-hmm. so I think it'll be fun if you like Oasis and you know it'll be interesting and the Gallagher brothers are always worth a Good value for a quote. I think it'll probably be fairly standard yeah. fair, but the you know, the Gallagher brothers have got enough charisma in themselves to sort of tick it along. They've got enough about them, yeah. And then we've got Deepwater Horizon, which looks like it's gonna be one of the bigger blockbusters coming out soon. Yeah, that's out pretty soon. So that just looks, you know, real patriotic. I think in the on the trailer it says Deepwater Horizon trailer and then in brackets heroes. Which tells <laughs> you everything actually... you really need to know about it. <laughs> So, you know, Mark Wahlberg and Kurt Russell, yeah, they're on an oil rig and it all goes wrong, there's an explosion and, you know, these are two real manly characters who yeah. are basically going to save the day. A lot of men around at the moment, lots of manliness. Whereas these these are going to be men who have no, you know, no weaknesses. You're going to have elements of the perfect storm, do you think? I wouldn't say Something it's going like to be that good. No? The what Towering about... Inferno one, see, that's what I sort of looked at as, without Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. And um, O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Yes, and <laughs> Be, I don't think they'd been able to get him into this. So. I think Fred Astaire's in the Towering Inferno as well. Is he? S- some one of those dancing characters like that. He could have tap danced his way out of the <laughs> Tap dancing on the roof while it all yeah. collapses around him. Strange, a strange casting choice. But he's not in Deepwater Horizon, so we just have to look to Mark Wahlberg to do some 
tap. Light tap work. Hello. How are you? How's the folks? What's new? I'm great. That's good. Ha <laughs> ha. Knock wood. Well, well. That's life. What do you know? How's a wife? Gotta run. Oh, my. Ta-ta. Olive oil. Goodbye. So it's now time for the traditional end of the show, and that is the top five. Uh, and as I kind of alluded to when we were doing the uh, quiz, which I fared incredibly badly, and we never really addressed the fact that I got one out of five. Host of, host of a movie podcast there, ladies and gentlemen. Getting one out of five in a quiz about movies. Anyway, uh, I'll try and redeem myself with some good selections in the top five. So the top five this week is going to be crime duos. So criminal duos, just like in Hello High Water, a couple of guys robbing banks, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, a couple of guys robbing banks. Got some more criminals to talk to you about here. So we're going to start with number five, and it's Mickey and Mallory Knox from... Natural Born Killers? Yeah, Natural Born Killers. Well done, Johnny. Maybe I should have quizzed you before. Uh, <laughs> just rang a bell in there somewhere. Yeah. 1994 film directed by Oliver Stone. It's a really nasty film, with uh, in, in some ways, because it's serial killer films. Uh, but it's it's kind of a bit surreal as well in in elements too. It's very uh, originally done and very. It's a, yeah. basically a satire on the way the media portrays uh, criminals, and because it's Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis are playing the uh, central characters, and they go on a killing spree, and the media glorifies their violence in a sort of modern day version of Bonnie and Clyde, who come in at number four on my list. Oof. See. That's good. That's Lincoln. Lincoln all over the place. So yeah, Bonnie and Clyde, film from 1967. The original Natural Born Killers, you could say. Um, obviously, real life. The 1967 film based on those two stars, Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty is the uh, the main two. And it's, a, you know, it's a, another classic, iconic film. I mean, really. It really sort of, you know, had that sequence at the end with the montage of all the shooting and stuff, which is kind of famous. Montaging all over the place. And yeah. sort of kick-started that Great run of films in America when, you know, 60s and 70s, and they made all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. This is where it started. It this is where it began. The first good film. That's it. <laughs> Before Bonnie and Clyde and after Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Uh, number three, I've got a couple of dudes that have already been brought up tonight Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield in Pulp Fiction, 1994 film. Um, and, you know, it, it, there's a kind of good cop, bad cop relationship, I guess, between the two of them. You've got the hellfire raining down on you from Jules and you've got Vincent just calmly chilling around in the background and the awesome dialogue between them that kind of reinvented almost dialogue in films. It just works really well when they go and intimidate people and eat big kahuna burgers. Uh, number two, I've gone for Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon as Thelma and Louise. So I think this is 91, I want to say, I think it was Thelma and Louise. Um, and really it's... One of the most clear examples and one of the most iconic examples really of real badass female characters. You don't get it that much. It's sort of underrepresented. Like, well, I suppose a bit more these days since you've sort of had the abomination that was the Tomb Raider series with Lara Croft and, and things like that. But um, yeah, they they were the original two on the run from the law. I mean, they don't actually do anything that bad, do they? No, they don't. They're sort of victims of circumstance. Yeah, yeah. But they're still on the run from the law. Still technically criminals. And they have a real sort of, of uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid finale, don't they? Yes. But yeah, the, the, the central relationship between those two as well is very similar. That closeness as well between those two. But a girl power, good to have in at number two. 
And that number one can look far beyond Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. We've already talked about them. Those iconic, cool characters. Blaze of glory, really living it right to the end. You'd be honoured to have your bank robbed by those two. <laughs> yeah. That's all you can really say about them. As they say in the film, a small price to pay for beauty, and there are a couple of beautiful gentlemen as well. That's very true. So. Have you ever given a foot massage? <laughs> Don't be telling me about foot massages. I'm the foot fucking master. You're giving a lot of them? Shit, yeah. Got my technique down and everything. I don't be tickling or nothing. Would you give a guy a foot massage? Fuck you. Well, that's all from us for another show. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more dross to punish you with. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at the Movie Men Show, and keep listening through, th- through SoundCloud and, of course, iTunes. And get yourself over to thelatestpictureshow.com for some offerings from Johnny, which is I couldn't possibly tell you at this point in time. <laughs> keep you on uh, ten hooks. Whatever your uh, lecturer gives you for your next uni. Pretty course. much. Yeah. Pretty much. Write <laughs> write some write a triage on this. You'd be like, oh yeah, okay, fine, yeah, we'll do. And that that'll be your latest thing. This Kill... is good. This is my dissertation. This podcast. Kill two birds with one stone. Right then, Johnny, we're done. Thank God that's over. For a minute there, I thought we were in trouble. That's a shootout. It's probably just an average shootout itself. Yeah. Kind of a weird time to have fireworks. The loudest fireworks as well. I can see them. Yeah. Oh, I can see them in the reflection of that window. Oh, yeah. You need to shut the fuck up. Trying to record a podcast here. Oh, is it like recreating the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid?